0: Welcome to the Global Council podcast, where we share our latest insights on recent developments in politics and policy in the UK, Europe and worldwide. Hello and welcome to the Global Council podcast. My name is Adam Terry. Uh, I'm our practice lead here for Financial Services and I'm delighted to be joined by uh, our Vice Chair, Lord Paul Miners, uh, former City Minister, uh, and also by Hugh Van Steenis of UBS, uh, and most recently but over the uh, the course of the last year. Hugh has been writing and published in June his report on the future of finance for the Bank of England. Um, and what we thought we'd do is discuss a few of the issues that, that come up in, in Hugh's report today. Um, Paul, I thought perhaps I could I could start with, with you. You obviously wrote your own report um, in 2001 on, uh, on the financial sector. When you look at, at Hugh's report this year, how much do you see trends that have evolved that were around at the time of you you published your report, and how much is brand new, how much is revolution rather than evolution?
1: Well, I I think Hugh's gone much further than I did. Um, I recently re-glanced at my report and I thought it was rather tame, although when it was produced, it was seen to be um, pretty disruptive in uh, its um, likely impact. Um, But I think we were both invited in my case by the chancellor and uh, uh gordon brown and, and hugh by uh the governor mark carney to have a crack at looking at the big waves that were going to impact on the existing established industries and he given an even broader um canvas than me and I I think he's done an excellent job. He hasn't finished it because he's got to keep advocating this. Um, You don't want to put a year or so of your life into something and just allow it to accumulate dust. So you've got to be out there actively promoting which he is doing and has been doing um, with our our clients at a session today um, uh, to make sure that the far-reaching changes that he sees in areas such as cash and regulation, the challenges of using the cloud, um, of uh, managing um, both ethical and security reasons, uh, in those areas of using um, uh, digital and machine learning capabilities in regulation, etc. These are transformative um, uh, themes that Hugh has brought forward. And my short summary of it would be he has said these things are going to happen. Um, You can't avoid them. Um, The force is so great that we better start thinking about it and better start making sure that we get good consequences rather than a mixture of good and unintended uh, and in that respect governments and regulators are going to really need to be on top of the game
0: uh, Hugh Paul picks up on one of the one of the trends there in your report being around technology and the way that technology is, is, is changing the uh, the financial system and I think putting it very crudely you can end up in a situation where you have incumbent banks who are increasingly using technology to offer new services and you have tech firms who are venturing into the field of financial services so two two types of firm with different starting points converging and I think you make the point that payments is kind of probably the battleground where this is this is happening most but what that means for regulators is is you have uh, as you've said before a set of firms the banks steeped in regulation and a set of firms who sometimes the tech firms don't even know the rules of the game that they're supposed to be playing or not aware of the rules that apply how do you level the playing field there how do you establish something where they're both competing on the merits of their service rather than
2: being hamstrung or, or not by regulation uh, well adam thanks for having me uh, uh, today Um, I I think um, it's a a, a real challenge, uh, because obviously each set of institutions are regulated in quite different ways. Um, I think as a starting point, I feel that there should be somewhat of a level playing field that if a firm is active in financial services, there's a level of conduct and regulation that we as citizens and we as regulators expect. And so ensuring that at least we have similar standards is really important. I think two though is technology is breaking down barriers across industries, and that is deeply painful for regulators who will have to join up hands in ways that they probably even haven't thought about before. And uh, as Paul framed it, some of these are are you know really deep, uh, profound changes. Um, every financial services firm is going to be a digital firm, um, and in, you know some studies show that financial services is probably more open to this than almost any other industry. And so ensuring we have uh, level playing fields, whether it's small firms, medium-sized firms, large firms, should all be allowed to use the cloud in the same way that competitors are, is just one example of this much broader theme. Thank you, um,
0: and one of the things that, you know, the, the world has moved on, even since your report was published in, in June, you know, it was, it was published on the same day that the then-Chancellor, Philip Hammond, uh, gave his Mansion House speech alongside uh, the Governor, Mark Carney. Um, now within uh, a few months we now have a new Chancellor and although the timeline may, may not necessarily be what we expect uh, we're going to have a new Governor of the Bank of England Paul how do you see a new se- what are the challenges of having new personnel coming in and looking at some of these issues and how might you see some of those changes affecting weather or the extent to which these things are implemented
1: i am a I'm a uh, uh, My natural tendency is to want to um, uh, frustrate those who go for security and uh, predictability. I think uh, our major institutions need to be constantly exposed to pressure to change, Mm. Um, and they are not historically suited. And the Bank of England is the sort of place where they still remember what happened 100 years ago. Um, There's still somebody there who was present in those (laughs) key meetings and who is immediately turned to as the authority on this or that matter. Um, The pace of change and the ability to manage change within government regulators and the Bank of England is significantly slower than elsewhere in society so um, and what we can't do is hold back the huge potential in areas of digitalization of changes in um, uh, processing of of, of funds um, because the regulators. Don't feel comfortable with going that far. We, we this is not this is not how one would characterise the pace of change in everything from health science um, to uh, to to travel to media. Um, so the banker needs to become nimbler and become faster. Under Mark Carney, um, the pickup of pace has been um, very uh, significant. I think Mark will be um, remembered in due course as one of the better, um, uh, one of the best. Um, governors that we've had have been a distinct um, change of pace. But to say that the bank and our primary regulators are absolutely up to speed with coping with changes is going further than one can fairly do at the moment. And do you see a, a risk there? I mean, there's a broader question about
0: the 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 way we end up after Brexit and what that means for the financial services sector and what the rules of the game are there. But just Right now, do you see, Paul, that one of the impacts of Brexit is that a lot of intellectual firepower that could be applied to some of these issues is actually being uh, directed elsewhere? Is is Brexit already acting as a drag on some of these kind of bigger, longer-term challenges?
1: Uh, Undoubtedly so. Indeed, I think one of the reasons why um, the governor uh, asked Hugh to do this um, work um, was because, like most... Uh, introduce of the state, um, Brexit is dominating every um, waking hour, um, and uh, that's why the Brexit issue needs to be resolved one way or another, um, and not perennially kicked down the down the lane.
0: And Hugh, if I can just come come back to you, You're, the r- report is obviously very wide ranging. You look at a, a, a significant amount of issues. Uh, and make a a range of recommendations your recommendations targeted at the the bank uh, specifically where do you see uh, the the quick wins potentially do you see are there certain recommendations that you think actually the bank could move quite quickly to implement and where do you see other ones that are really going to take time potentially be quite contentious or just by virtue of of how fundamental they are it will take a lot longer for them to, to come into fruition
2: um, well, look. Uh, uh, so, so um, I, what was so very rewarding about working with the bank is that um, on the same day the report was put out, the bank put out its own response, and Mark, the governor, was very keen to then commit the bank to a range of initiatives. And you know, already you'll be seeing this autumn a new policy paper on the cloud. You're going to see a discussion paper on how climate stress tests can be implemented. And I think you know, following what Paul said, we need to give huge credit to the Governor that his ambition and keenness to keep the metabolic rate high means that they, we will see sort of progress on this, notwithstanding the obvious political you know, challenges from, from Brexit. Uh, I think two, you know, if you come back to your, your question to Paul, um, you know, where tech meets finance is an area which historically the UK has been good at. And so you know, notwithstanding, again, the tremendous political challenges, the private sector is just cracking on. You know, we're in the in the situation where uh, the number of fintech unicorns uh, in the UK is is really uh, the highest in Europe, and only second to the West Coast and to China. And so, it's really one of the three leading countries in the world which are are known for uh, acing where tech meets finance. So, I think there's a lot of good news in the private sector. Inevitably. The public sector lags the private sector, yeah. and I think Paul, Paul framed it right, which is we need to be first aware of what that means, think through what are the potential consequences, and then try and be reasonably swift about acting. And so I was actually encouraged that the bank has already taken a number of steps uh, to to move forward. Um, payments is obviously one of the areas where is probably the fastest moving. You know, one of the surprises from from for for, for some my, my report was that. We may only be four to six years behind Sweden in terms of cashlessness, where cash usage has fallen 80% in a decade in Sweden. Yeah. Those sorts of changes are profound to both society, to the financial system, and we need a sort of a coordinated response which is not just about have we got the right financial regulations, but have we thought about the consequences for society to encourage we've got a system which works for all of us. And I think where you know the governor you know, and I had a complete meeting of minds was the work should really be anchored around what is a good outcome for society, and then work back from there, rather than you know how can we tinker with this rule or that rule to make things a tiny bit better.
1: But okay, can I invite you to expand on that? Um, because the structures we currently have have a lot of societal goods mm. delivered through cross-subsidisation, and uh, fintech and challengers are picking off the juicier part of the bone, um, taking isolated functions and building them into centers of excellence. And that could have a profound effect on the profitability of our existing established financial institutions who are already struggling, struggling to meet their cost of capital. Um, but with the prospect of um, the, the, the attractive business being taken away from them, um, how do you how do you see that panning
2: out? Uh, no, Paul, I think I think you put your finger on probably one of the most difficult dilemmas for the re- financial regulators, not just here but in the states, in Europe and elsewhere. Um, and I think that's that. You know, first and foremost, a healthy banking system is a profitable one because you need to be able to withstand shocks and rebuild capital. And I share your view that on the whole, attackers are coming to skim the cream yeah. and leave the potentially leave the institutions there. So a couple of thoughts to that. First, I want to make sure that the incumbents ha- could use the same armory as an attacker. So for instance, cloud may sound like a sort of uh, one rather odd you know outsourcing relationship, but actually it's central to allowing incumbent firms to respond with the same armory. And also, let's be clear, to provide the same functionality to clients, because at the end of the day, this is going to be won by, you know, what do clients want and the kind of functionality. I think two is is levelling, having a level playing field around a number of items. But there is a, a, a kind of a macro prudential challenge that you raised, Paul, of thinking what does it really mean for the overall system. Yeah. And we need to be pretty thoughtful about this. And I do think it, that I don't think it's, it's given who will win. You know, I think this is a, a dynamic view, but I think it's something which, the macroprudential side will have to keep very, very alert to. Yeah. And if I could just finish by with, with
0: one question for you, Hugh, which that kind of leads us on to, you know, we're we we're, we're almost twenty years on from from the Miners Report. We're right in the in, in the middle of the the Van Steenis report. Twenty years from now, if if the recommendations you've made are acted on, what does success look like? What do you think are the are the the things that we should be looking out for of a financial system that
2: has learned from? the lessons you draw out in your report and acted on them? Well, well, first of all, I should say, you know, I really drew inspiration from from Paul's report. And I think, you know, he framed very early on some of the challenges around uh, the agents, the the problems of an agent versus an owner and, and whether agents are always acting in the best interest and what flows from that. Um, what I hope is that I've tried to shed light, or certainly what I've aspired to do, is shed light on what are some of the big challenges from tech meets finance, and also how the finances role in serving society across an, a range of transitions. Could be climate change, could be you know Britain's role in the world, or aging. Um, so uh, I think, oddly enough, success is not that anyone remembers their own report. Success is actually the regulators move at a faster rate, that they really embrace digitization, not only of regulation, but of their own practices. And actually, so success is as much that they, that you know the, the regulator of the future could almost be, if let's say, like on the Star Trek Enterprise you know, deck, they need to be having screens which alert them to yellow flags, amber flags, red flags, and they then apply their judgment to a far more digitized uh, reg- set of regulations. So uh, I-, I think success is not what we're talking about my report in 20 years, it's that we've actually lived it and that we have flourished as one of the fintech, uh, whatever that word may become in the future, centres of the world. And that we have regulation which actually is fit for purpose. So uh, I, 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 there's a lot of work to be done to to, to, to to get there, though.
0: Well, thank you both very much for joining us. Uh, I think that's been absolutely fascinating. Huge amounts here to talk about. I'd recommend anybody to read through Hugh's report and see and see what they make of it. Um, Paul Miners, Hugh Van Sinis, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, and have a good day, everybody. For more insights, blogs and analysis, you can visit our website www.global-council.com and subscribe to our mailing list. And you can follow us on Twitter at global council.